Hello everybody and welcome to the Champions Cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. My name of course is Andy Spateri, joined as always by Allison Aletha, and we have a very special guest, the oft-mentioned but rarely seen Masa Sagopian. How are you? I'm I'm doing great. It's the first time in six months I've been on, and I have to say you guys have been killing it, but I'm glad to be back. We roped him well, in. Thank you very much. Um... Kevin O'Rourke is is down with the sickness, or I actually I don't I don't really know what Kevin O'Rourke is doing. <laughs> I don't think he's sick. He's he's off in Long Island somewhere. He's he's doing a Long Island thing. So maybe he'll be back in the future. Maybe he won't. We'll see about that. He's definitely sick. I don't know if he's yes. ill. <laughs> <laughs> Twisted too, I heard. Um, so yeah. We've got a good show for you this week. Uh, although, actually, I want to before we get going, I want to touch on our show last week because I got a lot of uh, really good, interesting feedback from our highs and lows episode from the last decade. Uh, and actually, Moss, a lot of it, uh, me and you were discussing it. An anomaly happened where I think that you agreed with a lot of what we had said. Yes, it was. It was shocking. It was. It truly was. Yeah, I, I, you know, just to add to that, the, uh, I, I remember you were like asking for some opinions of what we, what some of the staff thought was the highs and lows, and uh, I mentioned the Symphony of the Goddesses, the concert, and like looking back, that's probably the biggest high for me for the whole decade. Now that I think about it, because games like they come and go, but that event, like the idea of like waking up that morning, I'm gonna go to a symphony concert surrounded entirely by legend of zelda fans yeah it was pretty wild i actually uh so my my list was more so like gaming focused like in the games itself and and in and around the games and i was like ashamed that i had forgotten about that because i've been a couple times and it is just an awesome awesome experience so i'm I'm glad that you brought that up um i heard a lot of uh heard a lot of really kind of cool opinions from a lot of different people um, one thing that I was surprised about, which was that a lot of people agreed about the state of Zelda Amiibo. I, I kind of thought that that might be a little bit controversial, but uh, I, I think that most people were on board after they listened to the explanation of, you know, how many Link and Zelda figures we have. So it was nice to see that. Um, and then a lot of people were actually kind of in agreement about the timeline as well, or the release of the official timeline, rather, in Hyrule Historia. Um, Moss, where do you fall on that? You know, I actually, I, I, I think I, I took Allison's point of view a little bit, where I loved that, like Nintendo released all this, like all these publications, all these books, and like I like collecting that kind of stuff, so I was excited about that, and I was excited about like all the other lore that was presented, specifically about the timeline. I love the timeline. I, I really do. I like everything about it. I, I liked the, like the piecing the puzzle together. Sure, there was a little bit of like retcon there or some revisionist history, but uh, it, I think it was fine. I like it. The only thing I don't like about it is Breath of the Wild's placement. Uh, I think it's kind of just stupid. Mm-hmm. Like it kind of threw everything. You know, I I don't know. Like it, it it's like y- they took all this time to put together this timeline, and it was a big part of the fan community, and now it's like it doesn't even matter. This is wherever you want to put it. It's totally ambiguous. It fits at the end of all the timelines, but it like it doesn't matter. I feel like Breath of the Wild was almost like a retcon in a sense to them releasing an official timeline. <laughs> you know, like it was just it was too hard to like keep all the separate things going, so they're just like, whatever, here you go, here's Breath of the Wild, put it wherever you mm-hmm. want. Yeah, pretty much, but like it none of the like is Whenever they release a Zelda game, I don't feel that the placement of the timeline of where it fits was very important. It was always there in the background. Like, I don't think the games were, like, locked in. Like, oh, we can't do this because it has to do this because of some timeline thing. I don't think they ever felt restricted that way. And so it's like, because I've heard people say that about Breath of the Wild. It's like, they just threw the timeline out the window and they just did whatever they wanted to do. And then it's like, who cares about this thing anymore? Mm-hmm. And I don't think they needed to do that. It could have just, you know, fit at the end of, you know, way after Twilight Princess or something. And yeah, it would... I, I agree. Like, like even in Skyward Sword, which we seem to be talking about a ton on the show lately, 
Um, even in Skyward Sword, like that's a prequel game, you know, quote unquote prequel. That's the first game in the series chronologically. And like, they weren't really beholden to anything. I don't think because of that, like, yeah, it was kind of cool. You got to see the origin of the master sword, but it doesn't, there wasn't anything that they couldn't do because it was the first game. I don't feel like maybe, I guess you could argue they, they didn't go in there. They couldn't have a scene where you go and find the master sword in the lost woods because it didn't really exist yet. But uh, for me, uh, it was just kind of like, it, it, it didn't matter. It was like its own distinct thing. So yeah, I was, uh, I was surprised that I, I kind of was expecting to see some flack or to get some flack for including the timeline on our list of downs. But um, again, a lot of people kind of listened and then were just like, yeah, okay. I, I maybe I don't agree, but I get where you're coming from. Um, so yeah, that was a lot of really great feedback for that episode. That episode was all about looking back. This episode is all about looking forward. We are going to be talking about our hopes, dreams, and expectations for the Legend of Zelda series in the upcoming year. That is 2020. Um, you know what? Before we get there, though, I, I didn't even ask. Did you guys get any cool Zelda stuff for Christmas? No, nothing. No. Yeah, no, I didn't either. I think my friends and family at this point, they know that they can't buy me anything Zelda related because there's always a good chance that I have it already. I am exactly the same. Yep, I'm with you. The only thing that I got Zelda related for Christmas was uh, some Zelda pajamas, which I'm wearing right now, by the way. Uh, Skyward Sword pajamas? That I bought myself. Um, (laughs) Actually, so so we uh, we have a Hylian shield and a Ocarina of Time link outline so just the silhouette of Link mm. and then some uh, some nice Christmas designs on these as well. Okay. Funny enough, I got the matching Super Mario Bros. Uh, pajama pants from my mother-in-law. So I'm rocking the whole set. I just need a Metroid <laughs> one and I'm good. Let's get it going here. Let's talk about The Legend of Zelda in 2020. And um, let's continue to talk about a game that, you know, I just said, I feel like we've been talking about it a lot lately, but uh, that's because it's topical. And that is... Skyward Sword HD. Um, I feel like this has kind of been floating around for a little bit. It, it seems, you know, maybe it's more so fans that keep bringing it up rather than any other official hints that we've gotten. But we're we're getting close to the 10-year anniversary of Skyward Sword. Um, it seems like it would be a nice stopgap in between, you know, this year and Breath of the Wild 2 if that does not release in the year 2020. Um, do you guys, I guess, first and foremost, Allison and I have, have kind of made our expectation clear in past episodes of how we think that this is going to happen. It's, it's a matter of when and not if Moss, I know that you had said something different though, when you were, uh, when you and Goo were putting together that fine Ocarina of Time jigsaw puzzle, uh, maybe just fill us in on your opinion on the impending HD re-release of Skyward Sword. Yeah, so, I mean, we you guys touched upon it a few weeks ago with it being the most, like, divisive game in the Zelda series. And it's like, I'm trying to think, if they remade this game and it released, whatever, next month, who are they making this game for? It's, like, the question I'm kind of asking. Is it meant for people that, like, tried it or played it way back when and um, and they're, like, looking for that experience now but just with upgraded graphics and maybe some quality of life improvements? Or are they trying to get, like, all these new Zelda fans that came in with Breath of the Wild to be like, oh, yeah, here's this other Zelda game? Because that's, I think, like, the bigger market. Because the, there's, like, whatever, right. 15 million of this of Breath of the Wild that's sold. And because of how divisive the game is, I'm not sure if they could even put that out and it could be received well by the general population. I don't think that could happen nowadays. Unless, of course... I don't think they can just do an HD upgrade and some like small quality of life changes. I think they really need to totally rebuild the game. And I'm not sure if they're willing to do that. So I used to think that it was definitely going to happen. Now I'm not sure if it'll ever happen. And if it does happen, I think it could be just like a quick like release and throw it out there. And it's not going to be a big hyped release. Damn, that's cold. All right, so I think that we often forget a couple things about Skyward Sword. Um, so this came out at the tail end of the Wii's life when, when basically the Wii was out to pasture. Um, this was late 2011. So the game didn't really sell that well. So it's a divisive Zelda, yes, but 
I, I think I want to say this game only sold like three and a half million copies. So let's say half of them really liked this game and half of them didn't. I think that you nailed it on the head where like this is a game that's not for the fans that didn't like it the first time. This is a game that is for people that never experienced it at all before on the Wii. Um, you know, we, we've kind of went over how we think that game could implement its motion controls. I do think that it's probably important to have some kind of option to maybe limit the, the motion controls in a sense, or, or just make them not so prevalent. But I like, I truly, truly think that if you release this game and you're just like, it's an HD remake and you don't need to calibrate and you just say that then people will go in with a different mindset and not be looking for a reason to criticize the controls, and they'll be looking for reasons to like it instead. Like Allison had said that when she played Skyward Sword the first time, um, you know, you you recalibrated here and there, but it was more or less just like, okay, this is fine. Mm -hmm. But once you figure it, or once you factor in that fiasco at E3 2010, and you have that everybody kind of looking for the, the problems with the motion controls, I think that when you take that away and you release a port and you say we've we've improved the motion controls it's on the switch now you don't have to worry about uh feed telling you to switch your batteries blah 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 i think that a lot of the ill will towards this game just disappears you know i think that the the, the controls are probably one of, it's it's one of the easiest things to like to poke at with the problems of skyward sword but like to me personally uh, i don't think just take the controls totally out of the picture. Let's say they worked 100% flawlessly. And let's say that's possible with the new hardware or whatever. Still, even then, releasing the game, I don't think Skyward Sword uh, fits in 2019. I think some of the mechanics are a little dated. And I think there are a lot of flaws in that game that I think people have realized, like like looking back at it. I think it's one of the most poorly paced Zelda games. The world is kind of weird it's not it's not a fun world to explore compared to most zelda games uh it has a lot of flaws and i don't even consider the controls to be one of them and and uh, like I, and i'm not sure if zelda fans would take to that especially fans that came in with breath of the wild and then they go to this and it would be i don't think that's the right direction that, that they should move like that they should give zelda fans that are new to the series well, let's consider um, Link's Awakening being released on the Switch, how that gave new Zelda players an opportunity to play this game that's kind of a little hard to come by nowadays. I mean, it's not impossible, but um, for a lot of newcomers, it, it, it was kind of hard. So if you got a lot of newcomers coming in with Breath of the Wild and they see this game, Skyward Sword, that looks phenomenal... Um, maybe it's got its flaws, but it looks and sounds great, and they want to give it a shot. Nobody wants to go out and find a Wii to go play this game. So if you ha- if they give it to um, us on the Switch, it gives those people more an opportunity to play it. Yeah, it definitely does that. That's for sure. And, and like you mentioned Link's Awakening. Link's Awakening was such a safe game to release where it's like nobody's going to pinpoint like Link's Awakening as this was an all... Like, it is the antithesis of Skyward Sword in the sense that Nobody is... That's not a divisive game, I don't think, at all. People like it. Some people like it more. Some people might like it less. But nobody, like, loves it. Or some people love it. But nobody absolutely hates it, I should say. Mm. Uh, You know, with Skyward Sword, it's it's becoming... Skyward Sword is probably one of the most inaccessible games at this point in terms of, like, physically being able to play it. Mm -hmm. Because, like, you got to track down a Wii. It's not on Virtual Console or whatnot. So yeah, there. I think it's on Wii U, isn't it? It is. Well, you but can you play still, it on Wii it, U. Yeah, it's yeah. still you'd still need a Wiimo and the uh, accessory right. that goes with it. Well, at this point, it's it's actually probably a lot easier to find a Wii than a Wii U. You could probably pick one up <laughs> for like twenty bucks or something. But um, um, side story, I just I just set up my my Wii on my HD TV to play Four Swords Adventures. Very nice. Okay. I'm excited about that. Yeah. <laughs> So, like, I think if they release Skyward Sword, they could just put, a like, a polish on it and throw it out there. And I think core Zelda fans, some of us will love it. Some people will ignore it. Some new people will play it. But I really think if they if they wanted to put it out there, I think they need to rebuild the game a little bit. More akin to what they did with, like, Majora's Mask 3D a little bit, where they, yes. they totally change mechanics. Like, they have to... They, they can't do a Twilight Princess HD. They just can't do uh, it. I, I agree. Yeah, like Twilight Princess was a very almost 
almost a one for one port in a lot of in a lot of respects. I, I feel like Skyward Sword HD needs a lot more work, particularly with controls. You know, I think at this point the overworld is what it is. The you know the pacing of the game is what it is. But but the the thing is, I don't have a problem with the pacing, and I think that there is kind of a <clears throat> contingent of Zelda fans that played Breath of the Wild and were disappointed in it in some aspects in terms of your story and your dungeons and stuff like that and i think that you know skyward sword really offers a completely different type of zelda game than than breath of the wild and i i like i think that there is an audience for that i think it just makes good business sense to release an hd version of skyward sword you know if you release skyward sword you're gonna sell you know, you're probably going to sell an easy five million copies. So I mean, that justifies really? its existence right there. You re- oh, oh yeah, you, for sure. You really—that's like that's way, way, way more than it sold on the Wii. Yep. You think a a, a, a remake of like of a divisive game from ten years ago will sell better on a, a, like a port of a game will basically sell better than the original? I think that yeah, that's if a bold you, statement. I think wow. that if you adjust the controls, then all those people that don't play it just because of the controls, which is the majority of the people that don't play this game, will buy it. Hmm. Okay. I don't think I agree I, I at mean, all. But let's let's take Link's Awakening. That game has sold three million copies already um, on the Switch. You know, I don't know what its lifetime sales were on the Game Boy and all of its other you know various platforms but i feel i feel like it can't be much more than that like the switch is just such it's in such a good place zelda as a brand has never held more equity you know i think that skyward sword coming out definitely has a chance to to improve the standing that it had originally on the wii um because like i said like you know you compare twilight princess on the wii that game sold i want to say seven and a half eight million copies uh, Skyward Sword did half that, and it wasn't because it was a worse game. It, it was just because when it came out, you know, there was almost a six-year difference between those games coming out. So yeah, I, I think if it's on Switch, um, it definitely, you know, has a shot in the arm and has more life to it. So yeah, I I think it would sell an easy five million. I think they would have to rebuild it a little bit. I'm not again. I'm not even talking about the controls. That is aside. Just some of the other aspects of the game. And, and they'd have to add some content, I think, to to give people a reason to come back to it a little bit. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I think I think most of the most of the ports have added something in the way of like extra features. Th- this one, I'm thinking they'd have to do more. They can't do a Twilight Princess or an Ocarina of Time 3D or even a Majora's Mask. I don't think they could. They'd have to redo it quite a bit. I think. Like, just really quick, they'd have to add a, a, a much better quick warp system, I think. They should probably do something like Breath of the Wild, where you get those, like, owl statues that are, like, or the statues that are, like, down at the, the Earth area below. As soon as you get it, you can just go from anyone to anyone like that, sort of like going from shrine to shrine in Breath of the Wild. So, like, mm-hmm. totally eliminate the sky, I think. And, uh, you know, my big, like, you know, I talk about the pacing. It's, like, one of my biggest flaws, I think, with Skyward Sword is after you like beat the f- like the Faron region for the first time there are virtually no new enemies for the next 25 hours of the game like there are like th- three new enemies cuz every other uh, every other new enemy is just a a new iteration of the same enemy it's like oh you go from Boko blends to blue Boko blends to techno blends to cursed Boko blends like it's this and it's they're all the same mechanics same thing and that's the same thing you know, with some keys. people say that about Breath of the Wild, though. To be fair, that is definitely the same thing with Breath of the Wild. Yes, it gets amplified a little further, I think, with Skyward Sword, given its more linear nature, though. So I guess let's let's just ask the the million dollar question here, and we'll go around. Um, does Skyward Sword HD happen in twenty twenty? And I guess this is kind of dependent on if we think Breath of the Wild two comes out in twenty twenty, which we'll get to. But let's start with Skyward Sword HD. I think it doesn't. Because Breath of the Wild two comes out. <laughs> that's Ooh, I hope that's right. fair. I I don't think it comes out. It's you know looking back at a year ago when Andy and I were so convinced that Skyward Sword HD was coming out in 2019. I just kind of laugh because now we've got Breath of the Wild two, and I don't think Skyward Sword HD comes out in 2020 or 2021. I think we're looking at 2022. 
I almost agree with you, Al. Like, I'm kind of flip-flopping here because I'm like, I could see Breath of the Wild 2 releasing November 2020. I could see it releasing March 2021. But either way, like, let, let's say that, let's just play Devil's Advocate and say Breath of the Wild 2 comes out March 2021. If you release Skyward Sword HD in, let's say, March 2020, like, that feels like, like, really soon. And, and probably it would be summer of 2020 and that just it doesn't feel like enough time to gestate maybe between skyward sword hd and breath of the wild 2 so i but then i can't see them if breath of the wild 2 releases in 2020 i i also can't see them releasing it the next um the next year yeah you know yeah and you got i think they set a precedent too with breath of the wild where if the game comes out let's just say november 2020 that's not the end of the road for that game. One, it's probably going to have a long life cycle, so people are going to be playing it for months and months. And then six months later, they'll probably announce, oh, yeah, we got some more content coming for it. Yeah. And and it'll it'll be supported throughout. Like, I think it'll release in 2020 and be supported throughout all of 2021 as well with new content. I want to say uh, about a year ago when we made the bold pick that Skyward Sword HD was happening, I was really looking forward to playing it in uh, summer 2019, but now it doesn't look like that's uh, on the horizon anytime soon. You know, it's funny. We w- we probably wouldn't have gotten to it. There were so many games that were released in the last six months. That's that's actually true. I You know what? I finally finished Final Fantasy XII. Yes! Woo-hoo. 60 hours. Very nice. Great game. Awesome game. Now I'm going to start Ring Fit Adventure, get my fitness journey going here. Um, But that's neither here nor there. Let's talk about uh, something that I think could potentially happen in 2020. Tell me what you guys think. I'm not sure that we've seen the last of the DLC for Cadence of Hyrule. You know, we just got um, the Octavio expansion or whatever they want to call it uh, last week. And I played through a couple hours of it. It's pretty fun so far. Although I still haven't, you know, stumbled across any additional story elements. Um, You still fight the bosses the exact same way. Everything is more or less the same. But, you know, looking at Crypt of the Necrodancer, which is the other game and kind of the inspiration for Cadence of Hyrule that Brace Yourself Games has made, they supported that game for a long, long time. So I I don't know that it's out of the realm of possibility to maybe see an expansion to Cadence of Hyrule. I think that it was like popular enough to to keep on warranting the the additional content um i don't know like where would you guys do you guys think there's a market for that do you think there's enough interest uh would you want to see it what do you think i think uh they're going to trickle out content for a very long time based on the evidence that you provided and and you know what i looked up after listening to last week's podcast but um I, I think I could totally see it taking like a Hyrule Warriors approach a little bit where it's there's new content that comes out and then more the next few months later and then more the following. Like I can totally see content coming out in 2022 and then like finally there's the physical this is the definitive version and they and they release it sort of like they did with Hyrule Warriors. I could totally see that going down that road. I'm not sure if I necessarily want it, but I'm, I'm I think that will happen. Um, I, you know, were they, I feel like they were really quiet from, we didn't hear anything about Cadence from the, after the release, you know? So then when the DLC came out, it was just kind of like, oh, I didn't know they were still working on this game. I thought they were done. So if they continue in that pattern, like I can totally see it happening. And this is like, it's such a small team. It's an independent studio. So it's like, they, they're not, it's not Nintendo where they need like a million people to buy this stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's I don't know how many people they have working on this game, but it's not like a big investment for them in that sense. Like they could take a risk on it. Yeah, I I agree with what you said, Al. It's it's Cadence of High Rule was such a what a strange release cycle where they announce it, literally don't say anything about it until E3, and I was sure when I was watching E3, I was like Cadence of High Rule is is going to be available today. I'm I'm hundred percent sure. And then that didn't happen, but they released it, like, two days later. I thought that was, like, really strange. Mm-hmm. This DLC literally comes out of absolutely nowhere. Um, it's just like, oh, yeah, by the way, it's here. Yeah, I don't know. It, it, 
the whole release window has been really strange. I could I could see them supporting it for for a little bit uh, for a little bit to come. I don't know like what else you'd put in besides or that wasn't like an additional world expansion or something like that or maybe some new tracks. Um, but yeah, I would I would love to see that. I think that that game. Like, for me, I actually really enjoyed that game, and I would like to see the concept kind of explored a little bit further. Um, I would also love a physical version of Cadence of Hyrule. I, I buy all my games physically, because I'm, like, a crazy, you know, video game collector. Um, so to to see, like, a definitive version would be awesome, I think. Yeah. I would I really hope that that, would, uh, that, that happens. That'd be pretty cool. I wonder if it's uh, because it's a Nintendo like property they probably couldn't go through limited run games or anything like that either i'm assuming it would have to be through nintendo yeah i think nintendo is aware of this and they they, i mean think of all the zelda like we were talking about earlier with like all the publications and i'm sure this stuff all sells very well and i i'm actually i was really disappointed but also kind of shocked that nintendo didn't put out a physical version of this game and uh i'm still holding out hope for it somewhere down the road yeah, I agree. I I thought that that was strange. I I thought it would for sure be a digital release to start, but like maybe, I don't know. I was expecting something at E three that, and I didn't really get anything that I was expecting from this game. So, but I mean, this is the first of its kind. So hopefully we're um, ironing out the kinks. But yeah, I would love to see. Uh, I would love to see more cadence. And you know what? I would also love to see like how well that game did in terms of sales. Uh, I watched a video. I want to say yesterday. And it was the best-selling indies of 2019, and Cadence of Hyrule was not on that list. Mm. But like, I wonder if it wasn't on the list because like it's a Zelda property or not. I, I don't know. I mean, I have to imagine that it being related to Zelda at all gives it a boost over your average indie game in, ter- in terms of like people checking it out and sales and stuff like that. Right, and and I also think it probably there was a ripple effect here, where Crypt of the Necro Dancer probably had a giant boost in sales. In the in the oh I'm sure I mean I bought that game in in preparation for Cadence of Hyrule and I would have never in the my wildest dreams bought a game like that. Yeah, I didn't even know that that game existed before Cadence of Hyrule was announced. Not my favorite game either, I have to say. Didn't really like Crypt of the Necrodancer. I haven't played it. I did not buy it in preparation for Cadence, but Cadence is what matters to us here for Zelda fans. <laughs> I, yeah. I played it for about an hour or two, so I didn't I didn't like dig deep into it. it. It was literally the days before Cadence came out. I just wanted to have an idea, you know, what the gameplay was like, so I have something to compare it to, and uh, it was okay. But I'm I'm not a big fan of Cadence to begin with, so it was it was a good game, but uh, um, not my cup of tea. That's fair. Um, a lot of Zelda spinoffs kind of fall into that uh you know hybrid warriors good game but not my cup of tea um let's keep it moving here and let's talk about some more potential 2020 zelda dlc in the form of super smash bros um one of the downs for our list of uh of zelda in the last decade was there has not been a new fighter in the smash bros series since super smash bros melee in 2001 so we'll be pretty much 20 years since then um, Nintendo has said that they are working on more fighters for Super Smash Bros. after this fighter pack is done. I think the only chance that we get of a Zelda character in Smash is if Breath of the Wild 2 releases in 2020, and whoever that happens to be in that cave, if it's Ganondorf, if it's somebody... like it, Basically, if, if Breath of the Wild 2 releases... And there's somebody important from that game. That's the only way I can I can think of that somebody from Zelda finally gets into Smash. Um, let's not spend a ton of time on this, and because you know we want to get to we want to get to the big game. But uh, what do you guys think that the chances are that you know potentially we might finally see some Zelda in Super Smash Bros? I will say zero percent chance of a new fighter from Dang. Zelda. I was I was holding out hope. I'm at like the five percent. Five percent. Look, if they if they add some new fighters, it's gonna be I think from what they've sort of done with the last stretch of new fighters, where it's like it's from franchises outside the realm 
of Nintendo that uh, would you know get people excited. I don't think, or it'll be a new franchise or something like, you know, I, I, I think there's a better chance of an Arms character entering Smash Brothers than a new Zelda character. Not wow. because that's not because that's something I don't want, but like, like they've had so long to put somebody from Zelda, and it doesn't make sense for them to do it now. I think. Well, I think the question is when they probably have thought about it, about putting a new Zelda character in Smash, but they're wondering who. Because I can't think... I mean, I could think of plenty of characters that could be in Smash Bros., but I can't think of it being a logical decision for any other character. Because, like, if you have a champion, you'll want the other champions. If you've got Groose, you'll want Garyheim. If you've got Midna, you'll want Fi. I don't know. This is, I understand that line of thinking, but, like, Super Smash Bros. logic kind of doesn't adhere to that. Because you have um, Incineroar, who is one of three starting Pokemon. So, like, he's one of the three. He's not necessarily more popular than the other. He's just there. I feel like you could put Urbosa or Revali or somebody in Smash. I actually still think that the Blights... Would have been a cool character, kind of like an, an amalgamation of all four of the Blights. And maybe this final Smash could have been like Calamity Ganon or something. I don't know. But the point is, I, I feel like you could have put somebody in there. It's just like, it's irksome that they haven't. And I don't feel like we're going to get that. I, I feel like you're probably right. We'll probably see the dude from Arms in there before we see. <laughs> I don't think we will. But I'm saying that's more likely. <laughs> you know what? I was actually surprised that... Uh, the spring man wasn't in smash ultimate i thought that they were gonna kind of push that push xenoblade etc etc um anybody listening to this by the way by the time you're listening to this you will be able to check out part two of our zelda dungeon super smash bros fantasy roster on the website uh we've all picked a fighter that we want to see in our uh our fantasy smash bros game so go and check that out um let's move on to the last thing before we cover breath of the wild 2 i feel like it's it's been teased and teased and teased do you think that there's any chance that we get some form of an official Zelda Dungeon Maker in 2020? I'm going to say no, because I think Breath of the Wild 2 is going to come out. <laughs> this is Moss's answer for everything. <laughs> now, hold on, because I'm going to say yes. I think that it'll happen, but I think that this is a mobile game. I think this doesn't necessarily interfere with Breath of the Wild 2. I, I like I feel like the touchscreen mechanic on your phone would work really well for kind of piecing dungeons together, kind of like chamber dungeons. I, I think that this would this would be more along the lines of chamber dungeons, kind of like a dry run before maybe we get a full blown 3D dungeon maker as a standalone game somewhere down the line. I think that it, you know it's it's there's demand for Zelda on mobile. I I don't think that you want to do like anything you know, you don't, you don't want to put, like, a, a mainline Zelda story on a cell phone, but I feel like something something like this could fit quite nicely. I think there's a chance for a Zelda mobile. I don't think it'll be a Zelda Dungeon Maker, though. I, I really don't think so. I think the, the test run was Link's Awakening, and I think they could put a full-fledged game out, but I don't think uh, they would... I think they would do something like Super Mario Maker. Maybe not to that extent, but it would be a console game. And a, more of a big deal, I would say, than than something on mobile. What is your um, What does your dream Zelda mobile look like, or what do you think that would look like if they released it? I think it'd be great if they did some sort of traditional Zelda game. I, I mean, like an old like sixteen bit or even eight bit game, kind of in the realm of like I I've played some absolutely like amazing Zelda fan games over the years, and uh, you know I could totally see something like an independent studio that's made some nice independent games like get the Zelda license and put something on mobile with like Nintendo working with them but I think like a top-down 2D like pixelated Zelda game this is really in the weeds here but do you like Stranger Things I do download Stranger Things the game on your phone it's a link to the past clone but Stranger Things it's really awesome uh, I, I remember hearing you say that before I've seen some gameplay. I haven't played it, but I'm not sure it's my cup of tea. Also, into the weeds here, have you bought Blossom Tales yet? I don't play video games that were released this century. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, boy. 
you, you, you've seen my wall of video games. <laughs> Let's move on. We're finally here. Let's talk about the big one that everybody wants to talk about and hear about. Let's talk Breath of the Wild 2. Obviously, you think that it's coming out in 2020. We'll get to you in a sec, Moss. Allison, what are your your thoughts about Breath of the Wild 2? Does it release this year, early 2021? Um, Take us through what you think the year looks like. I think that Breath of the Wild 2 could release in uh, winter 2020, but we would have to see it in a direct here in the next month or two. If we don't see it in a direct in the next month or two, it's not coming out this year. Um, a direct, okay. If if we see it at E3, then I would be more inclined to say it'll be spring of uh, 2021. But again, like I feel like we have to see it here soon in order for it to come out anytime soon. If it does, if we do, if we're not seeing it, it's not coming out until like 2022. I think we will get a tease, something, in spring. I'm I'm not sure what the direct schedule is right now. With I mean, they usually have stuff in January, February, but um, like I think we we were all a little surprised we didn't hear anything about it, like the last couple months. Like I, I know a lot of us were anticipating something at the Game Awards and that just never happened. But like I think we'll get some sort of tease, like some like tidbits, maybe a little trailer, like that's like a minute long, nothing, not a full blown, you know, of what it's what it's going to be. But then they're going to announce this is going to be our game to show at E3. And it'll be, it'll sort of be, what was it, like E3 2016, was it? Where that was the only... Like the main event. Yeah. Like, oh, Nintendo, we're doing a Zelda game at E3. And that's the only thing that we're going to do. And it's it'll be, everything is out there. And then it releases oh, this year. I don't think so. I, I mean, like... The Nintendo Switch is rocking and rolling. Like you, the only reason they did just Breath of the Wild at E3 is because they literally had nothing else to show. Um, so you know, I I can't imagine that we go into E3 2020 and like they're not working on the next Mario game or like a new Donkey Kong isn't revealed or like they they don't have an update for us on Metroid Prime Four. I do think that Breath of the Wild Two is obviously going to be like the main event, the coup de grace at E3 2020, I don't think we're going to see it until then. Um, I I don't think that we're going to see it in any directs. I think it's going to be the main event. It'll be a trailer. We'll get the subtitle. We'll maybe get um, maybe a little bit of of gameplay in in Treehouse. And I think that's it. Like, you know, Al, I'm I'm kind of flip-flopping between if I think it'll release late 2020, early 2021. I mean, now that you said that, from E3 to November... I mean, geez, that's like like six months, basically. That's that's really isn't a lot of runtime. And granted, a game like Breath of the Wild Two almost sells itself. So like, it's not like you need people know that it exists. People are aware that it's coming. Um, so you don't really need to launch like this massive campaign where you need to stretch it out over the course of a year. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that I mean, that does seem yeah, that does seem pretty quick. It seems like a a quick turnaround from a full-blown reveal to, um, you know, to its impending release. I do think that Nintendo has generally moved away from the idea of announcing things that were years and years away. I think they used to do that. And like, it seems lately, especially at E3 time, the only things they really talk about are things coming out within that next calendar year, basically. Yeah. You know, and, um, so and, and then this gets amplified, I think, a little bit with the fact that I think they're using a lot. Like I, I feel this is going to be like a Majora's Mask ish game where it's like using a lot of the same mechanics. If they're not rebuilding the engine, I don't think. At least I don't think so. No. So they're it's not they're not reinventing the wheel here. They were very specific too, saying this is the sequel to Breath of the Wild and not the next installment in the Legend of Zelda series. So, yeah, I, I think that you're, like, 100% right. So it's like, then it boils down to how long does it take to make this video game? Well, if you... So I was doing some math the other day, and at E3... Uh-oh. At E3, it was a pretty good assumption that they had been working on Breath of the Wild 2 for 18 months um, based on some uh, 
ads that they were sending out for workers to be put on this game. So we're looking at about two years of production on this game, I think, right now. Yep, that sounds about right, I and think. That's very sleuthy of you. Good work, I mean, if, if it's like the same pattern that we saw for Ocarina of Time and Majora's Mask, then we could very well have a 2020 release. They, they only worked on that game for a year, I believe. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, this is... It's been 18 months, and like, let's say this game goes gold in in July or something for a November release. That's that's more than two years to work on a game. That, like I said, they're not reinventing the wheel. So, I, I like this is I can't imagine, you, you know, with, with like the the release schedule from the 3D console games from Twilight Princess to Skyward Sword. I think we're we're talking five years, and then Skyward Sword to uh, Breath of the Wild was five and a half years. It's like. Yeah, we're not. It's not going that. There's no way it goes that far, mm -hmm. because of, it's the nature of it being the same, like sort of the same ish kind of game. So, um, and I think they're gonna want to get it on the Switch before the Switch is before it's the Wii when Skyward Sword comes right. out. Right, and that's when Skyward Sword HD yeah. will come out. <laughs> It'll be like the last hurrah for the Switch. <laughs> 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 Um, yeah, you know, I could, I'm flip-flopping. I could easily be convinced, I think, that it's coming out late 2020 or early 2021. I, I think I want to err on the side of early 2021 so that I can be pleasantly surprised if it comes out in 2020. <laughs> let, let, me, let me convince you a little more. Let's go back to E3 2019. Think of the lineup that Nintendo has to show and what they have coming out that year. And That's a lot. They had a lot, right. And it's like, especially with Zelda in particular, Cadence was just coming out. They have this huge blowout about Link's Awakening. That's one of the playable games. That's all the hype in the Zelda community. And why in the world would they want to show this Breath of the Wild sequel? Because they totally didn't need to. Would you agree with that at least? Yes. No, I, I think when that presentation ended and you had Banjo-Kazooie, you could have sent everybody home 100% happy. They had a really strong presentation, and Banjo Kazooie was like the the cherry on the on the top of the cake here, and like Breath of the Wild two was just like a whole other cake <laughs> with the cherry. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And, and like looking ahead, it was like we have a main series Pokemon game coming out this year. We've got a Zelda, like a Re Link's Awakening was coming out. It's like we have a lot of stuff coming out. That's like Nintendo is solid through twenty nineteen, so. Why in the world would they show this reveal at E3 2019 for a game that's possibly not even coming out for two years when they totally didn't need to? It's not like they need to push consoles or get people talking about the Switch so it sells. You know what I mean? Like, what would they like? That's that would be totally out of the realm of what I think Nintendo has been doing the last few years, and it would it would it, like I will look back at 20, E3 2019 and be like, why did they show this at this time? if the game was not coming out until 2021. I understand now maybe the game gets delayed because they're not sure what they're doing and the, like the, you know, sometimes, the, you know, the tea table gets upended because they get new ideas. But, um, you know, if things are on track, then this game should come out this year or 2020, I should say. I hope that makes sense. I think that makes sense. I, I mean, it does. You're right. It's... They didn't need to show it, and they didn't need to give the Switch a shot in the arm. Um, I mean, the Switch is, is rocking and rolling. So, yeah. I, I mean, I could be convinced that this is a 2020 game. Like, here, let me, let me try this other example. Like, imagine they don't show that trailer at all, and that they just keep working on the game privately, and then, you know, Link's Awakening comes out, Pokemon, all the stuff that came out, and then they showed that same exact trailer at the Game Awards or something. Mm. That would have made more sense if it was like a 2020, a 2021 game. You know what I mean? Because like, then it's like it's everything's just pushed further down the line. Then that would have been more uh, appropriate, I would say. I thought their wording was weird when they released that and they said Breath of the Wild 2 or sequel is currently in production. Like they made it sound like they just started production, but they hadn't. I actually don't think that. I think the purpose of that statement was to say they are making a sequel to this game and not a new Zelda game. 
I, I agree. That, it, the wording was very specific. Like, mentioned Breath of the Wild. You had all the same, you know, character models. I, I think it's to let people know that it was, like, a continuation okay. of the story. Kind of, kind of like when they released Metroid Prime 4. I don't think that, you know... I don't think it's going to be a sequel necessarily to the first three, but they're calling it Metroid Prime to to say that it's in the same style of gameplay. Mm -hmm. Do you think it's going to be called Breath of the Wild 2? No. No, God, that would be awful. (laughs) That would be so awful. I I would be upset. Then again, I was upset when uh, Link's Awakening was called Link's Awakening. But Link's Reawakening, how good is that? Oh, God, it's so good. It's it's too good. You know, know, God, it's like so annoying just... When you're talking, like, just in in conversation, when you're talking about Link's Awakening, it, well, when you're talking among Zelda fans, and then you have to clarify, you mean, oh, the Switch or the twenty? Yeah, now you now you got to call it Link's Awakening Switch, which is weird. Or twenty nineteen, you, you got to call it. Yeah, or you got to call it Link's Awakening DX, and and referring to the original, which I never really do. I just call that Link's Awakening because to me that's like the definitive Link's Awakening. Well, I think with the original Link's Awakening and DX. You could just say Link's Awakening and you're referring to DX because the games are so similar. Right. These are so... There's a much bigger difference with the 2019 version. But, yeah. that would be It would be comical if it's called Breath of the Wild 2. <laughs> so so you guys think that we're going to get uh, Breath of the Wild 2 in a Nintendo Direct, which is probably coming out, let's say, February? I yes. think so, yes. Okay. I, I hope that you guys are right. I just I, I get this feeling that that we're not going to see it until E3. Um, I didn't think that we were going to see it at the Game Awards, and we didn't. Uh, I, although, that being said, I thought we were going to see something, and we didn't see anything. But, yeah, I, I hope that you guys are correct. Um, let's let's just spend, like, a quick second just kind of fan fantasy booking uh, Breath of the Wild 2 here. Like, what do you think? You know, obviously we think that it's going to be very similar to Breath of the Wild, um, we know that Majora's Mask was very similar to Ocarina of Time, but used the 3D mechanic to kind of differentiate itself. My working theory is that Breath of the Wild 2 is going to have like some kind of a dark world or something like that, where they can reuse the same um, map, but in a different way, and, and have a reason for all these different shrines to come up in a different place that you've kind of already done two years prior, or however many years prior. Um, what do you guys kind of think the, I guess, air, air quote, the 3-day mechanic of this game is going to be, or the thing that differentiates itself from Breath of the Wild is going to be? That's hard. I just, I feel, I, I, I think the focus of Breath of the Wild 2 isn't going to be so much mechanics as it's going to be story. I think I think like Nintendo's going to take this opportunity to to tell a better story than they did in Breath of the Wild. And I'm just I'm really hoping that it's like it's darker and that this game is the Majora's Mask of Breath of the Wild, if that makes sense. I feel that Nintendo has generally never like tried to like they always try to reinvent the series with every game. I really like in in no game like outside maybe like Twilight Princess is kind of a retread of old ideas, but uh, like they're all new. So I, I, I'm thinking we're going to go in almost like a radically different direction. So I think this game is going to start, maybe the trailer that we saw is like the opening cutscene of the next game. And like some like there's just a whole bunch of stuff happens. <laughs> Hyrule Castle lifts up and goes off to a different world. It's not even in Hyrule. I don't think you step foot in this map from Breath of the Wild at all. I think it's a totally new world, totally new 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 region. Uh, How unreal would it be if it was like set in space? I, <laughs> the castle just flies up, up to space. space. <laughs> Legend of Zelda Galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Um, uh, so I think it's in a totally different world. I don't think the world map is going to be. I don't think they're going to because I feel. If they just take Breath of the Wild and like put it on steroids a little bit, like then it would almost, in a way, like like Breath of the Wild could lose its identity, like the original game, and that's never been the case in the Zelda series. I don't know if that really makes sense, but like, so I think it'll be in a new world, totally new world. I don't think we're seeing shrines. I don't think the world map is going to be gigantic like it was in Breath of the Wild. It'll still be big. 
Uh, and I think it'll be dungeon-based. It'll be dungeon-heavy. And I think it'll be story-heavy. Mm-hmm. I definitely think it's going to be story-heavy. I think that that's the purpose of that opening trailer, too, was to... You know, they could have made that announcement in any way, but seeing seeing that opening trailer, and I know it was only a minute, but, like, you kind of get the mystery of, like, what is this? What's happening? Who is that? Um, I I just got the, the vibe that it was going to be more of a narrative-based adventure versus Breath of the Wild, which is really a make-your-own-narrative-based adventure. Um, but, you know what? I also felt that way about Breath of the Wild when I, when I watched all the trailers, and then the story was kind of, like, pieced together at best. So we'll we'll see about that. I mean, I like all of your guys' theories. I I think my my dream scenario would be big dungeons. Um, you know, keep keep a couple shrines here and there because that really was fun in Breath of the Wild, going and, and finding out all the shrines in the world. But um, but yeah, um, I can't I can't wait for that direct to happen. I hope that you guys are right. I hope that we get Breath of the Wild two in there. We know, or maybe we shouldn't say we know, but you know, we're hoping, we think it's a good chance that we're going to see it at E3 for sure. So, you know, worst case scenario, we're six months away from from seeing the next uh, big Zelda game. Um, let's talk about just Nintendo in general in 2020 really quickly. Uh, what do you guys expect to see from them in terms of games for the next year, you know, aside from what we've talked about with Zelda? How do they top 2019? Like... It's That's tough. the question to me. I, I mean, I I'm looking forward to Animal Crossing. I'm not huge on that series, but I'm kind of looking to jump into it. I'm hoping that Metroid fans will hear something. And uh, I don't know. I just don't know how, how how they can. This was like a really solid year, and I think I've said this in a, a couple shows ago. But this is this year. I've bought more games for the Switch than I have in the entirety of this which is lifespan yeah my my game collection is astonishing (laughs) for the nintendo switch um you know i i think that so we know that we we've got animal crossing we know that we've got xenoblade chronicles coming out and we know that breath of the wild 2 is in the pipe but other than that we don't really have a clear idea of what we have for the year and that's kind of similar to last year because we didn't really know anything going into the year Uh, we knew you know, we found out quickly that we were going to get Link's Awakening, Pokemon, Luigi's Mansion 3, but we didn't, I, I don't believe that we knew that going into 2019. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm thinking that this is the year where there's probably going to be a new Donkey Kong, like I mentioned earlier. Um, I don't think that Metroid Prime 4 is coming out, but I think that we're going to get Metroid Prime Trilogy. So I, I think that that might be on the horizon. Uh, maybe even, maybe even another, like, addition into... I was gonna say I was gonna say the Xenoblade franchise, but uh, maybe a port of Xenoblade Chronicles X, you know, I think would be pretty cool. And I think that we'll probably finally get Bayonetta three as well. Yeah, I I, I agree. Like, it's one of those things where I think they've they've hit all of their major franchises at this point. Where I think almost every major franchise they have already has a game on the Switch or one is forthcoming. Mm-hmm. So you know, it's it's um. It's hard to surprise people at this point with you know with new games, uh, but who knows? I don't know. I like when I think back to the Wii, the Wii's because like, the Wii was like the last console they had that kind of exploded, and some of their major franchises got more than one game. Whereas I think they've, you know, it, like Mario Galaxy is a good example. It's like I was really surprised when there was a Mario Mario Galaxy two, and it was. Mm-hmm. But it was like, oh, this was one of our biggest games on the console. Let's make a sequel to it. And the fact that they named it Super Mario Galaxy 2 maybe means we'll get Breath of the Wild 2. But <laughs> Ugh. I was I was pretty upset when they, uh, way back when, when they called it Metroid Prime 2 as well. I hated that. I've made my peace with it now. But if they do that with Zelda, by God, that's <laughs> that's just something terrible. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at, I'm kind of picturing all the fighters in Super Smash Bros. here and, like, thinking, you know, what series haven't we hit? Ice Climbers? Yeah, I mean, Ice Climbers <laughs> HD, I don't know. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, I think... You know, I, I think at this point, you could release, let's say, a Long Fable, let's say an F-Zero game. I think the Switch is so... Like, it's just on such a roll, the momentum is there, 
I think you could release an F Zero game and like it would do pretty well. Um, I, I, it's not a franchise I've cared about. It's not something I've played. So, but, but possibly, I think they could put anything that's first party and it would do well. Maybe we'll get F Zero. Maybe we'll get Earthbound. God, that would be awesome. How about a uh, Pikmin Four? You know what? I, you know what? Now that you mention that, I bet you that we actually see Pikmin because um, Shigeru Miyamoto said a couple years ago that Pikmin Four was essentially done. Did he not? I don't remember. I I'm pretty sure that he did. He said that they had been working on Pikmin Four, that it was essentially a, a finished game, and that I can't remember why he said they hadn't released it yet. Probably just because they didn't want to release it on the Wii U, if I had to guess. But um, yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised to see Pikmin come back at all. Maybe even uh, give Star Fox a shot in the arm and, and see about making a new game in that series, because that's a shot or that's a series that could use. A shot in the arm for sure. Uh, I'm hoping that the next Nintendo Direct comes up uh, comes up right away because I I'm anxious to to see what we got for the next year, and I'm excited to see what uh, how many more games we can buy in 2020. Allison, I'm convinced. Take that astonishing list to make it even All more right. astonishing. I'm convinced that because we saw absolutely nothing at the Game Awards, that we're gonna see like quite a bit in the next Direct. Right? I, I still am reeling from that. What was that? That was like three weeks yeah. ago. I still can't believe that. <laughs> well, we've been... We, we've, we've kind of been... The last few years, we've been spoiled. And now that's become the standard. And then when you're not spoiled, that's a sign of you're spoiled. In a sense. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. You know what? You know what? Uh, we're getting in 2020, maybe the most important thing that I've left out. Fire Emblem Three Houses DLC, baby. Yeah, but we already know that's coming. <laughs> I'm I'm stoked for that. Me too. I, I want to see what it is though. I want I want more. I can't wait to uh, to finish my playthrough of that. Um, all right. Before we get out of here, here's a little bit of uh, here's a little bit of fun for you guys. Yesterday, we were having our Zelda Dungeon staff party, and there was a challenge laid out, and I wanted to pass this challenge along to all of our listeners. I challenge you. To name all 15 levels of Super <laughs> Mario 64 in order without cheating. I I think I got like three and then couldn't do it anymore. I was able to name all 15, but not some of them not with their precise names. And some of them like I had to describe based on what's going on in the like I shifted like the sand level. Like I'm like, oh, I remember it was the sand land or whatever. But I couldn't figure out the real title. But that was fun. If, if you need something fun to do with all of your nerd friends, try and name all the 15 levels in Super Mario 64. It is not as easy as you think. It's quite it's quite difficult. Um, so there's there's a party gift for you. Um, what are you guys up to for, uh, for New Year's? Just hanging out. Don't know. We're partying. I'm trying to convince Sam to just stay in and do nothing because <laughs> I want to do nothing. I've been doing a lot of that lately, so I'm trying not to do that. But I think that's probably what I'm going to end up doing. I got this really cool Batman puzzle that I want to build on New Year's. <laughs> I saw go. that, the 3D one. Right? Doesn't that look pretty cool? You know, I had some of these old 3D castles like back in the day, and they never really – maybe it was during the early 3D puzzle world, but like, it didn't do it for me. Not sure if I want that oh. for Zelda, but I love Zelda puzzles. You know that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. I you know I think this puzzle, if nothing else, you can just make the jigsaw puzzle, and you don't have to put the other stuff on top of it. I think I'm not really sure. We're gonna see how that goes. I'll post a Twitter or I'll post a picture of this on Twitter rather. Um, yeah, that's gonna do it for us. Uh, let us know what you guys think about uh, the future of Zelda in 2020. What are your expectations hopes dreams thoughts wishes all of that um moss thank you for recording with allison and i today and allison of course thank you uh, as always yeah i'll see you in uh, eight months again <laughs> uh yeah let's book it now uh <laughs> eight months down the line 
Um, that's going to do it for us. Uh, of course, we want you to head on over to Podbean, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts. Like, subscribe, recommend if you like the show and what we do. Tell a Zelda fan in your life about the Champions cast. Leave us a five-star review if you think we've earned it. Um, that's going to do it for us. We're out of here. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Spateri316. Allison is at Allison Aletha. Moss is at Mossy's the Great. Uh, we hope that you guys have a fun and more importantly safe New Year's, and we will see you back in 2020. See you later, guys. Happy New Year. Thank you.